0: Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, for the podcast about Sir John Beaumont. Beaumont. Um, Sad little story. Sad little poem, I should say. Swim said the mum of Fishy said very poignant poem, yeah. Beaumont helped establish the heroic couplet as a common form of English poetry. A heroic couplet is a pair of rhyming lines that is present in a heroic poem or that relays themes of heroism within a larger poem. Okay, interesting. Um, Sometimes I wish I knew more about poem structures, you know. I always just remember thinking as a kid learning about poetry that, like, there shouldn't be a structure to poems. I really disliked that. I wanted poems to be completely free, you know. The whole point of it is just pure artistic expression. For me, it felt like if you had a structure, then that was tarnishing that in some way. Just this is when I was a kid, you know, in in school and learning about poetry. So I never liked there to be specific rules to follow. And so I don't know those rules very well because I just tended to tune them out. Not that I was very interested in poetry to begin with anyway. Now, though I do wish that I was more interested... Back then and I had have learned it when I had the chance. <coughs> Excuse me. Not also, by the way, I still have the chance, but you know what I mean. Anyway, today's poet is William Drummond of Hawthornden, born 1585, died 1649, and the poem is called Invocation. Phoebus, arise and paint the sable skies with azure, white and red. Ruse Memnon's mother from the her Titan's bed, that she thy career may with roses spread. The nightingales, thy coming, each wear, sing, make an eternal spring. Give life to this dark world which lieth dead. Spread forth thy golden hair in larger locks than thou waste want before. And emperor-like decor, the diadem of pearl, thy temples fair, chase hence the ugly night. Which serves but to make dear thy glorious light? This is that happy morn, that day, long-wished day, of all my life so dark. If cruel stars have not my ruin sworn, and fates not hope betray, Which only white deserves, a diamond forever should it mark. This is the morn should bring into this grove, My love to hear and recompense my love, fair king who all preserves, but show thy blushing beams, and thou too sweeter eyes shalt see than those which by Peneus streams. Peneus. (coughs) That's Peneus. Um, mm, I'm very immature. Did once thy heart surprise? Nay, sons, which shine as clear as thou, when too thou did to Rome appear, now, Flora, deck thyself in fairest guise, if that ye winds would hear A voice surpassing far amphion's leer Your stormy, shi- <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Your stormy chiding stay Let Zephyr only breathe And with her tress play Kissing, sometimes, those purple ports of death The winds are su- all silent are ah, And Phobos in his chair En saffroning sea and air Makes vanish every star, night like a drunkard reels beyond the hills to shun this his flaming wheels. The fields with flowers are decked in every hue, the clouds bespangle with bright gold their blue. Here is the pleasant pa- place, and everything save her who would who all should grace. This one's called Madrigal. Like the Idalian queen, her hair about her eyne, with neck and breasts ripe apples to be seen at first glance of the morn. In cypress gardens, gathering their fair flowers, which of her blood were born, I saw but fainting saw my paramours, the graces naked danced about the place, the winds and trees amazed with silence on her gazed the flowers did smile like those upon her face and as their aspen stalks those fingers band that she might read my case a synth i wished me in her hand spring bereaved one <coughs> excuse me that zephyr every year so soon was heard to sigh in forests here it was for her that, wrapped in gowns of green, meads were so early seen, That in the saddest months oft sung the merles. It was for her, for her trees dropped forth pearls, That proud and stately courts did envy those who sh- our shades and calm resorts. It was for her and she is gone, oh, woe, woods cut again do grow, but... Bud doth the rose and daisy, winter done, but we, once dead, no more do see the sun. Spring Breathed number two. Sweet spring, thou turnest with all thy goodly train, thy head with flames, thy mantle bring with flowers, that the zephyrs curl the green locks of the plain, the clouds for joy and pearls weep down their showers. Thou turnest, sweet youth, but ah, my pleasant hours, and happy days with thee come not again the sad memorials only of my pain do with thee turn which turn my sweets in sours thou art the same which still thou wast before delicious wanton amiable fair. but she whose breath embalmed thy wholesome air is gone nor gold nor gems her can restore neglected virtue seasons go and come while thine forgot lie closed in a tomb, spring bereaved three. Alexis, here she stayed among these pines. She sweet, hermis, hermitress. She did alone repair. Here did she spread the treasure of her hair, more rich than that brought from the Colchian mines. She set her by these masked Eglantines. The happy place that pr- the prince seems yet to bear, Her voice did sweeten, hear thy sugared lines, To which winds, trees, beasts, birds, did lend their ear. Me, here she first perceived, And here, a morn of bright carnations, did overspread her face. He did she sigh. Here first my hopes were born and i first got a pledge of promised grace but ah what served it to be happy so sith past pleasures double but new woe her passing the beauty and the life of life and beauty's fairest paragon o oh tears o oh grief hung at a fabled a feeble thread to which pale Atropos had set her knife. The soul, with many a groan, had left each outward part, and now did take his last leave of the heart. Nought else did want save death, even to be dead, when the afflicted band about her bed, seeing so fair him come in lips, cheeks, eyes, cried, Ah, and can death enter paradise? inexorable my thoughts hold mortal strife i do detest my life and with lamenting cries peace to my soul to bring oft call that prince which here doth monarchize but he grim grinning king who ctifs scorns and doth the blest surprise late having decked with beauties rose his tomb disdains to crop a weed and will not come change should breed change new doth the sun appear the mountains starting again change should breed change new doth the sun appear the mountains snows decay crowned with frail flowers forth comes the baby year my soul time posts away and thou yet in that frost which flower and fruit hath lost as if all here immortal were dost stay. For shame, thy powers awake. Look to that heaven which never might make us black. And there at the immortal sun's bright rays, deck thee with flowers which fear not rage of days. (coughs) Last one for you, Saint John Baptist. The last and greatest herald of heaven's king, girt with rough skins, highs to the desert wild, Among the savage brood the woods forth bring, Which he than man, which he than man more harmless found and mild His food was locusts, And what young doth spring with honey That from virgin hives distilled Parched body, hollow eyes some uncouth thing Made him appear, Long since from earth exiled, There burst he forth, all ye whose hopes rely on God, with me amidst these deserts mourn, repent, repent, and from old errors turn. Who listened to his voice, obeyed his cry, only the echoes which he made relent, wrung from their marble caves, repent, repent. That was a goodie. All right, who was this? Let me go back up to the name of this poet William Drummond. I like it, you know, I'm liking these poems more and more. I feel like with each poet, I'm, I'm feeling it more, you know. <coughs> and, you know, it could be down to the fact that they're getting more modern, but I also just feel like there's getting a, a nicer rhythm and a nicer syntax and a nicer prose, I guess, um, in the writing. And it's very pleasing. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you tomorrow.